Amen. We are a people of promise, aren't we? A people who are here because God has spoken to us. And uh, I, uh, was it probably a couple of months ago, actually, I started on a kind of what I felt was a short series about God's wisdom. And you're going to get a bit more wisdom today, hopefully, uh, from the Holy Spirit and hopefully through me. Um, but it's been, I've been very impressed by... Oh, I've been impressed by the Bible. How about that? <laughs> um, but the way that uh, the people of Israel come into the promised land, they fight all their battles and eventually the kingdom, you know, the political kingdom as well as the spiritual kingdom, gets established in Israel. And you get the kings coming through like Saul and David and Solomon. Things get a little bit sour after that, but we won't go there for the moment. right? But they come into a place that God has promised them and a kingdom is established. And it's ever so interesting that when that happens, there's this kind of release of God's wisdom. Right? What we know as the wisdom literature. Right? What books can you think of that are in the wisdom literature in, in the Bible? Just call them out. Proverbs, Psalms, sorry, Ecclesiastes. I find it difficult to hear here. Job. And the Song of Songs, yeah, often gets left off. We'll come back to the Song of Songs in a moment. But just think of it. All of that is just poured out in this period. And here's a thought for you. The greater freedom that you have, so the people had come into a kingdom, they'd come into security, they'd come into safety. This is all by the grace of God. The greater freedom that you have, the more wisdom you need. And God has brought us into the glorious freedom of the sons and daughters of, of God. That's the freedom that you have inside. You have freedom to love God and to love others and to be all that God's intended you to be. Amen? Let's put your hand on your heart. Say, I am free to be all that God intended me to be. There is more for me. Much more for me. I will do greater things than even Jesus said, because Jesus said it. <laughs> okay, so you need wisdom, and wisdom, this, uh, really the title for today is Love Wisdom, but it could be Wisdom is Relational. This actually came out of the mouth of one of our students, and I, you know, when I'm sort of doing a session in the school, and one of our students said, I've come to see that wisdom is relational. And I'm thinking, I'm the teacher. <laughs> but that was brilliant, actually. I'm, you know, that happens all the time. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with our students. There's God speaking through them and they had great wisdom. But it really did strike me that, that, you know, very powerfully, that wisdom is, it's personal. It's relational. And our problem sometimes with the word wisdom is we equate it with intellectual understanding. Now, intellectual understanding is great. It is part of wisdom, but it's not actually fundamentally the way that wisdom is described in the, New, uh, in, in the Bible, the Old and New Testament. So who's the wisdom of God to us? Jesus, isn't he? You don't get more personal than Jesus. So wisdom comes to us because Christ is the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And it comes by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is a doctrine. 
Well, he kind of is, but first and foremost, he's a person. God actually said that to me, or the Holy Spirit actually said to me, David, I'm not a doctrine, I'm a person. So if wisdom that is Christ comes through, who's a person, who comes through the Holy Spirit, who's a person, then wisdom is personal, isn't it? It's relational. And we talk about in that same passage in 1 Corinthians 2, it talked, we looked at this before, but it talks about having the mind of Christ. You know, people went around with those wristbands saying, what would Jesus do? And you need one on this side that says, what does Jesus think? What does he think? What does he think about you? What does he think about what you're doing? What is he thinking at the moment? What is Jesus thinking at the moment? That's one big brain, isn't it? I mean, he, Jesus is thinking and loving all of us. That's all six billion plus. That's a huge intelligence, isn't it? That's a huge wisdom. That can only be encompassed. I mean, that goes beyond. No wonder it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. <laughs> Because God does that, isn't it? God is, uh, is, is that big. So just turn with me to Proverbs chapter 8. This is going to be a bit tricky because I'm not sure that many of you have the Passion Version. But I want to read you the Passion Version. And you might find it easier just to listen than to read it through. But any preaching on wisdom is going to get to Proverbs eventually, isn't it? And we've done three sermons already. haven't quite got to Proverbs. But here we are right in the middle of Proverbs, and wisdom is portrayed, remember wisdom is relational, is portrayed as a person. In fact, it's portrayed, interestingly, in a patriarchal society where men were mostly in charge, it's portrayed as a woman. Must have been, yeah, amen, come on. There's only one woman here that's happy about that. (laughs) Any other wise women here? Of course there are. And some wise men. Well, a few of them. <laughs> three of them. Oh, three. <laughs> if there were three. I know. It's not getting to Christmas yet. We're not there. Chapter 8 then. I'm just gonna, I'll read it to you. And if you want to follow through in another version, then feel free. Because it does bring some interesting comparisons, doesn't it? Proverbs 8. Can you hear the voice of wisdom? From the top of the mountains of influence, she speaks into the gateways of the glorious city. At the place where pathways merge, at the entrance of every portal, there she stands, ready to impart understanding, shouting aloud to all who enter, preaching her sermon to those who will listen. I'm calling you, sons of Adam, yes, and you, daughters as well, listen to me, and you will be prudent and wise, for even the foolish and feeble can receive an understanding heart. They will change their inner being. The meaning of my words will release within you revelation for you to reign in life. My lyrics will empower you to live by what is right, for everything I say is unquestionably true, and I refuse to endure the lies of lawlessness. My words will never lead you astray. All the declarations of my mouth can be trusted. They contain no twisted logic or perversion of the truth. All my words are clear and straightforward to all who possess spiritual understanding. If you have an open mind, you'll receive revelation knowledge. My wise correction is more valuable than silver or gold. The finest gold is nothing compared to the revelation knowledge I can impart. Wisdom is so priceless, it exceeds the value of any jewel. Nothing you could wish for can equal her. 
For I am wisdom and I am shrewd and intelligent. I have at my disposal living understanding to devise the plan for your life. Wisdom pours into you when you begin to hate every form of evil in your life. For that's what worship and fearing God is all about. You will discover that your pompous pride and perverse speech are the very ways of wickedness that I hate. You will find true success when you find me. And you have insight into wise plans that are devised for you, designed for, just for you. I hold in my hands living understanding, courage and strength. They're all ready and waiting for you. I empower kings to reign and rulers to make laws that are just. I empower princes to rise and take dominion and generous ones to govern the earth. I will show my love to those who passionately love me. For they will search and search continually until they find me. Unending wealth and glory comes to those who discover where I dwell. The riches of righteousness and a long, satisfying life will be given to them. What I impart has greater worth than gold and treasure. And the increase I bring benefits more than a windfall of income. I lead you into the ways of righteousness to discover the paths of true justice. Those who love me gain great wealth and a glorious inheritance, and I will fill their lives with treasures. In the beginning I was there, for God possessed me, even though he created the universe. From eternity past, I was set in place before the world began. I was anointed from the beginning, before the ocean's depths were poured out, and before there were any glorious fountains overflowing of water. I was there, dancing. Even before one mountain had been sculptured or one hill raised, I was already there dancing. And when he created the earth, the fields, and even the first atom of dust, I was already there. When he hung the tapestries of the heavens and stretched out the horizon of the earth, when the clouds and skies were set in place and the subterranean fountains began to flow, I was already there. When he set in place the pillars of the earth and spoke the decrees of the seas, commanding the waves so that they wouldn't overstep their boundaries. I was there, close to the Creator's side, at his master's, sorry, as his master artist. Daily he was filled with delight in me. As I played joyfully, rejoice, sorry, as I playfully rejoiced before him, I laughed and played, so happy with what he had made, while finding all my delight in the children of men. So listen, my sons and daughters, to everything I tell you, for nothing will bring you more joy than following my ways. Listen to my counsel, for my instruction will enlighten you. You'll be wise not to ignore it. If you wait at wisdom's doorway, longing to hear a word for every day, joy brings forth within you as joy breaks forth within you as you listen for what I'll I'll say. For the fountain of life pours into you every time that you find me. And this is the secret of growing in the delight and favor of the Lord. But those who stumble and miss me will be sorry they did. For ignoring what I have to say will bring harm to your own soul. And those who hate me are simply flirting with death. Whew. Quite a long reading, isn't it? But well worth going back to if you get the, uh, when you get the opportunity to do that. But let's just pour up, pull out some things uh, from that passage. So I'm going to revert back to um, the NIV. That's where I've underlined some of the verses you want to look at. But uh, So if you want to go back to your Bible, 
then find chapter 8. How do you get wise? How do you get this wisdom? Well, here's some keys. If it's relational, if it's a person, then wisdom comes by loving that person. So in verse 17, it says, I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. I love those who love me. Isn't it interesting that the Song of Solomon is part of the wisdom literature? Here's a great love song between a man and a woman. And I know there are different views of how we interpret the uh, the Song of Solomon. So some would say it's just about a passionate relationship between a man and a woman. Others would say that it's a picture of Christ and the church. Christ being the husband, his passionate love for the wife who is his church. There's a third view. You can have both. And I think a wise view is actually to have both. And actually, isn't it a wise thing for a husband and wife to be passionately in love with one another? We don't tend to think of that as wisdom. But that is so wise. Husbands, wives, right? If you're single and aspiring to be married at some point, it's so wise to be passionate about it. It's great when you're saying that and your wife's got to interpret it, you know, in sign language. (laughs) What's passion, dear? (laughs) <laughs> can't, can't see what the word, pa- how, did you, how did you do passion? Something like, passion. I like that. Woo-hoo. I feel, I'm feeling it. <laughs> it's a wise thing, isn't it? To keep your relationship alive, to give it time, to pour money into it. Money? On romance? Yes. Right, that releases some great times together, doesn't it? So be passionate. That's just wisdom. But also be passionate about your relationship with God. Have you got here this morning and think, you know what, my passion is flagging. Well, don't leave that for too long. In fact, don't leave that for a moment. If wisdom would say, I love those who love me and those who seek me. It's just wise to do that anyway. But actually, in that passionate relationship, wisdom is going to flow through your life. Because God loves to speak to people who love him. And He, as you love him more, so you will get used to his voice. You know, most, most husbands and wives have that interesting experience when they're, when they're thinking the same thought at the same time. Yeah? You might recognize that. You might, might have friends who do that. You know, and you sit there and say, great minds think alike. It's interesting, isn't it? So the closer you get to one another, here's a mystery. The closer you get in love for one another, the more attentive you get to, in this case, God's voice. And so God would say to us, and he says this in, in another place, and it says, um, let me find what it is. Be a good listener. Be a good listener. Does not wisdom call out? Verse 1. Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates leading into the city at the entrances, she cries out. Isn't it interesting that wisdom is out there in the world? So wisdom isn't just something you get from your Bible, although you do. It's not just something you get from a church gathering, although you do. Actually, wisdom is to be applied wherever you are. And wisdom is available because the Holy Spirit is always available to you. 
I'm just amazed. Tim, Tim Smith said to me the other day, I'd like to go out and do some evangelism. You know, we were going out with the school. And uh, so we, we did what we normally do. We went to Costa Coffee, first of all. That's the fount of all inspiration. And <laughs> sat down and got our clues. And lo and behold, so we had blue door, Christmas tree, yellow line, heart problem, and cataracts. Now, how, did God, how does God, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there not feeling anything special about these words of knowledge. And yet within five minutes, we'd found the blue door into the Eleanor coffee shop. We found the Christmas tree in the door. The yellow, we, yellow line we hadn't seen, but as we looked out through the window, the bus shelter had a yellow line on the backrest. We went out there, there was a lady called Maureen who had cataracts and a heart problem. How did that happen? Oh, I don't know, actually. <laughs> God engineered it. At just at the right time, she's waiting for her bus. The bus hasn't arrived, and we get to pray for her. Specifically for the two problems that she's got. And she's wide open, you know, to, to and we share the love of God with her and the gospel with her. So you can, and it's not just about words of knowledge, isn't it, which we'll find out in, uh, as we go on in the next few minutes. But actually... Are we listening to God? You don't need five words of knowledge. You can have one word of knowledge. One word of knowledge, you know, for a lady in Samaria many 2,000 years ago, changed a whole village, a whole community. Because Jesus had one word of knowledge. Imagine what you can do. I don't know how many people here this morning. A hundred. Each of you had one word of knowledge this week. We could change a hundred villages. Now, we know it's not just statistics, and it doesn't always happen like that. But, just think of that. Be inspired by that. That's the wisdom of God, isn't it? Words of knowledge and words of wisdom, they come from the same source. The Holy Spirit wants to pour those things out. And the delight that we've discovered since we've been on what we call our sort of Bethel journey is actually so many things we do, they don't work unless we're listening. Treasure hunting doesn't work unless you listen to God. Sozo ministry doesn't work if you listen to God. Hearing the prophetic voice of God certainly doesn't work if you're not listening to God. <laughs> so we need to be good listeners. Don't we? Just try that. Put your hands behind your ears and feel a bit strange and weird and cheesy. Just keep, you know, keep your ears listening to, the, to, to God. You know, when you get, I mean, sometimes this will just come to you as a nudge. You just, you know, sometimes I, I, how often I, I've stopped counting now, how often I go out in the morning and I feel like I've left something behind. I've learned to recognize the nudge of God to go back in and find the thing that I haven't got, which I needed for that day. God just highlighting some, somebody to you or a situation in a moment, uh, before we go, we're going to have a few minutes where we just ask for God's wisdom. Uh, and it's not just in the evangelistic setting, it's at every setting that you have. Whether it's in your family, or your workplace, or your community, or wherever you are, the wisdom of God is available. Why? Because you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You carry God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit around with you wherever you go, and you have access to his complete library of wisdom. I once had this kind of vision of floating around in this huge library with you know, with shelves and shelves of books and you, you know and you just pick out the right one i'm sure that's a scene in harry potter somewhere isn't it 
in a big, anyway, <laughs> let's not confuse ourselves with Harry Potter. <laughs> so be a lover, be a listener. And be a king. Right, this is obviously a favorite theme of mine. But it says here, it says in, uh, in here, by me, this is wisdom speaking, verse 15, by me kings reign and rulers make laws that are just. By me, princes govern and all nobles who rule on the earth. Now, there's an interesting translation. If you picked it up, I think it was... Uh, let's just find it. Oh, yeah. In the Passion Version, in a, in a different verse, verse 6, it says, Revelation for you to reign in life. And in the footnote, it says this, The Hebrew is literally princely or noble things the implication is that these words of wisdom are for ruling and reigning in life each of you is a ruler you're reigning in life you are given a commission to have dominion over all creation how on earth can you have dominion over all say with me all all creation all my family or my community or my business over my national life, my community life, my social life, my personal life, you rule and reign. You are the bee's knees. <laughs> you are the head and not the tail. You are sons and daughters of a royal reigning master of the universe. That's you. And you have resources of wisdom to be poured out into every situation. Just think about it. There are great inventions in this room. There are, you've, we've just been making the, I, I don't know who chose the declarations, but it, probably God. <laughs> you had the right ones for today, didn't we? We're releasing, what are releasing? Opportunities, initiatives, breakthroughs. Not even just for us, but for everybody. You know, who invented the steam engine? God. Who invented the microchip? God. Who invented penicillin? God. These ideas came from him, working through his people who are called to have dominion. And even if people are not Christians, they still have that commission. It's built into their DNA. Oh, DNA, who invented that? God. Who helped us discover it? God. Again, isn't it? You know, we've kind of parked intellectual, scientific, technological knowledge over here and spiritual knowledge over here. They were never supposed to be separate. They aren't separate. You know, God sees it all. I mean, I wonder what God sees in the next ten years in terms of inventions and ways forward in science and technology. Can he see us landing on Mars already? Anybody here going to Mars? <laughs> Why not? You know, I mean, Richard Branson's already planning holidays there. You know, well, I don't know about Mars, but... Moon, the moon at least, isn't he? Holidays. I mean, I'm, I'm still, you know, who remembers the first man walking on the moon? Good, that makes me feel better. <laughs> right, and now we're planning holidays there. I know it hasn't quite happened yet, but who knows? I mean, the rate of acceleration in what we invent is, is amazing, isn't it? So, be a lover, be a listener, be a ruler, and be creative. We haven't got time to do this justice, but look at verse 30 where it says this. This is wisdom. Then I was the craftsman at his side. 
Wisdom is personified here as being at the creation. So wisdom is a highly creative. In fact, you see the joy in that creation. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. That was wisdom. I wonder if wisdom was thinking, you know, right, it's going to be poured out into those people. It's going to be such a joy to give them fresh ideas and fresh initiatives. So why don't we close our eyes? I could see earlier in the worship, I saw uh, crowns coming down on your head. Just imagine that for a moment. You know, somebody gave me a postcard a little while ago saying, always wear your invisible crown because you are made to rule and to reign. You are sons and daughters of the king. You are sons and daughters of the king who is there with his wisdom creating this amazing universe. I like to say to some of our students, you know, when it came to, um, what are those flowers? Orchids. God wasn't satisfied with a hundred or a thousand different varieties. There are 26,000 known varieties of orchid. And that's just one flower, one plant in one species. So think, I want you, as as you've got your eyes closed or you're just thinking about this, just going to release wisdom over you now. God's releasing his wisdom by his spirit, giving you the mind of Christ. And let God just put into your heart now, put into your mind a situation could be at work, could be in the family, could be in our nation. You know, our nation has a homeless problem. It has a food bank, you know, reflects a problem. There are, there are other things. There are relationships, even Brexit. You know, we need solutions, creative solutions that are going to release prosperity and release the wealth that this passage is so clearly talking about. If we get wisdom, then we get wholeness and health and healing. We get innovations. We get new inventions. We get all the creativity being poured out. Now, let the Holy Spirit, we're going to pause for just a minute. Let the Holy Spirit speak wisdom into that situation that you're thinking of. Some of you will have had very clear ideas. Some of you will need to go and pray this through a bit more. But just raise your hand if you felt God say, yeah, I, you, know, you received some wisdom this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that you're giving wisdom. And we pray that throughout this day you'll keep speaking to us into the heart of those problems, Lord, that we might unlock lives, unlock situations of all kinds in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.